0: Preparing your music for a set, that's today's topic, so let's get right into it. This is Share the Knowledge. For the last 27 years, I've been rocking stages, playing in clubs, and having a lot of fun as a DJ and turntablist, and in that time, I've seen and learned a lot. Now it's time for me to share that knowledge to help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLF and this is the Share the Knowledge podcast for DJs. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. I'm your host, DJ TLM. This is episode 88, and today's topic is preparing your music for a set. This is the podcast. If you want to check out all of my other DJ related content, make sure you check out DJ TLM TV on YouTube and on all the other social platforms. The handle is DJ TLM. So that's Twitter, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Anchor, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram so on and so on, DJ TLM everywhere. If you wanna support the platform even more, you can check out patreon.com slash DJTLM and donations you can use paypal.me slash DJTLM. That's the last bit of plugging, except for one thing, make sure you check out episode 87, last week's episode, Selecting Songs for a Set, because this episode that I'm doing right now is a follow-up to that episode. You wanna start with a song selection, And that goes for prepared sets or freestyle sets. You start off with a selection. Now that we have that selection, we wanna prepare our music for the set. Talking about prepared versus freestyle, I wanna discuss quickly the difference between preparing music for a set and preparing an actual set. I play freestyle, so I do not prepare my sets, meaning that I have a song selection. I have a folder with songs but I'm not going to actually lay out which song I'm going to play first, which song I'm going to play next. When am I going to do my transition and do that for all the songs and then practice that. That is actually preparing a set. You're going to prepare it, practice it, and then perform it. In my case, I have a song selection. I'm going to have more songs than I will actually play, but it's going to be depending on the crowd's reaction, which song I'm going to play next. When it comes to preparing your set, you go through all the steps that I just mentioned, but preparing your music means that you're going to optimize your files to make your workflow easier when you're DJing. So in this case, when we're talking about music prep, we're talking about music prep in the digital era. And that means that you're going to analyze all of the songs you selected to make sure you have the proper BPM and key information. You're gonna set cue points. If you wanna set loops, you're gonna set loops. Maybe even take it a step further and in certain cases you might wanna edit songs to either add a couple of extra bars of beat in the beginning or maybe even cut something off. There's a ton of things you can do to your files to make them better or at least easier to use in your particular situation. Now, quickly let me just mention we're talking about the digital era but in the vinyl days you did also do some music preparation but of course you don't have digital files you have vinyl so what could you do and what can you do well certain djs that i would run into would actually calculate the bpm of their vinyl and they would write that on their sleeves now this is something that can help you during a gig so even if you have a selection of vinyl you have a way that you can sort it. Or if you're playing a certain song, you have that BPM information now and that can help you out. I didn't do that back in the days. I didn't really think about that. I would go off feeling. Now I knew my music, so in most cases when I was playing something, I would have an idea of a song to play next. And 99 out of 100 times I would grab a song that would actually fit BPM wise, vibe wise, Uh, once in a hundred I would grab a song that I would think would fit and then you cue it on the headphones and you hear that the tempo is completely off it's not gonna work then you have to grab another record checking your songs and writing the bpm is one way that you can prepare your vinyl another thing that I would do is I would actually use stickers as a visual aid for the first beat I used to do a lot of backspinning with my vinyl and that sticker could help me out so I would put all my vinyl on the turntable, find that first beat, then put a sticker at 12 o'clock. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can check a video on my channel on DJ TLM TV on YouTube, cue points on vinyl, and I can show you in a video how to do that with uh, stickers. But okay, for most of you, you're gonna be playing in a digital era, you're using digital files. So we're talking about music prep with digital files. Now, before we get into that actual prep, I do want to discuss what I just said about knowing your music. So the first thing you want to make sure you do when you made your song selection is really listen to your songs. Now, I know I also mentioned that during the song selection part that you want to truly check your song. So you don't just want to listen to like 20 seconds of the track, like the vibe and add it to your folder. You want to make sure that you give it a proper listen. That's gonna give you a better idea of the actual vibe of the track. The tempo will stay in your head a little bit better if you actually heard the entire song. And if there's any pitfalls or surprises in the song, you wanna know about those as well. Sometimes you have songs that will have an eight bar hook, but then the second hook, second chorus, all of a sudden isn't eight, but it's only four. If you don't properly listen to your songs, and I've made this mistake myself, then you're in the club and you're playing and it's still a little bit early so I'm playing songs a little bit longer and I've heard the first hook that was eight bars in my mind the second hook of course is going to be eight bars so now I start an eight bar transition but after four bars the song goes into the next verse and that just totally messed up my transition moment. So. You want to prevent things like that from happening and truly listening to your music to analyze it is very important. So make sure you listen to that music as part of your music prep. It will also tell you if there are certain things that you actually may want to edit. Now, when it comes to editing, there's a bunch of things you can do as you know if you ever download from certain dj pools there are dj edits available and a lot of times they will add a certain amount of beats to the beginning of a song to give you like eight bars of clean transition beats that is the thing you can do yourself as well if there's any part in a song where you hear that beat for a couple of bars you could use free editing software like audacity you can select those few bars of beat copy them and then paste them to the beginning and paste enough so that you have eight bars of beat at the beginning. That is something you can actually do. I don't do that a lot. I don't feel it's really necessary, but there are certain songs that have a, well, just a different start. They don't start with a normal beat or a couple of bars of beat. They might start with some kind of intro that doesn't have any drums in it and then all of a sudden the vocals begin and the vocals come in before the one and then drums come in. You can learn to know how a song like that goes so you might be able to mix it in, but sometimes it is better to make some sort of edit that makes it a little bit easier for you to do the mixes. Then again, that does require more work. You do really have to want to do something like that. That's why I said I hardly ever do that, but it is an option. Now analyzing your music, I already mentioned it. This is something you do in your DJ software. You want to make sure you analyze it. So within your DJ software, all of the information that is in the track, all of that metadata is available. So you wanna make sure that the DJ software knows the BPM and the key information. So if you wanna make transitions according to key, you have that information available. And it is also important for doing auto loops and stuff like that. You want to analyze so that the software sees the grid. Also, when you're listening to your music, you also want to view your music so you can see if the grid actually lines up. If you play a lot of modern music in most occasions that will happen, that the grid will be set correctly. But I also have sets where I incorporate like old funk and soul that is music that's played by live musicians so that tempo fluctuates because it's played by a live drummer so it's never going to be steady if you take a look at your grid with songs like that you're going to see that it doesn't really line up now there are ways that you can also edit that you could do that in software like Ableton but that's a lot of work but there is an option for that you can search that online if you want to I think the better thing to do is if you don't know the songs well enough, but you notice that, or at least you know, like, Hey, this is live music. You could add something like an extra tag that lets you know, like, Hey, live music, because if the grid is off, so it's not lined up correctly and you hit auto loop in your software or on your hardware device, That auto loop is not gonna loop correctly because the grid is not set correctly. And you'll end up with loops that don't work well or do not work at all. I've done this on occasion, like hit that auto loop and then you hear like, ooh, that loop is not working. It's like really offbeat and that kind of messes up your mix. That is something you can check by looking at your grid. I wanna talk about something I use quite often, and that is cue points, the hot cues. Now, you can use hot cues in a lot of different ways, and if you're not familiar, if you use DJ software, you have the option to set markers within the track, within the song, and recall those markers. Meaning, at the touch of a button, you can go to a specific point in the song that you've marked with a cue point. Now, what I normally do is I'll set a cue point at the beginning of the track so that I always have a very quick way to go back to the beginning of the song. A lot of times that's going to be just a first beat, but in some cases it might be that it starts with an intro. I still want to have a cue point at that beginning so I can go back to that beginning. Now then, like I said, I always want to have a cue point at the first beat, so the first the first one count where the actual music begins, I need a cue point there because most of the times that's gonna be where I start the song for the transition. Now, since I'm a fan of turntablism and I like to incorporate it into my sets, I like to also repeat a couple of pieces of the song. So do a little bit of backspinning. I'll do that with first beats a lot of time, but I also like to do it with the beginning of a verse. So maybe the first sentence, and then I find a right point within the song to set a cue point. Now, if that verse just starts on the one count, a lot of times that cue point will be on the one count. But what I do a lot as well is I'll actually take the four count before the verse begins. And with most beats, that's gonna be the snare. So the last snare, before we go to the new one where the verse begins. And I'll take that as my point because if the vocals already start on that one, I don't always want to scratch with the vocals. Sometimes it's just cleaner to scratch with that four count and just let that snare go on the four, let that verse begin, bring it back, bring it in on the four. So that's a that's a style choice, but I like to have a cue point at the verse. Now, in some cases, a track might have a very dope breakdown. And in that case, I might set a cue point there. Some people like to set cue points at their mix in and mix out points. This is something I don't do myself, but I truly understand the value of it for some DJs. So what it means is you listen to a song and if you know that this is the point where you want to mix your new song into this song, you're going to set a cue point at the point where you want to add your new song so when you're playing the song you can see in the software when that marker that cue point is approaching so you know like okay we're almost at that cue point i gotta get my next track ready and then when it hits that cue point that's where you bring your new song in now i do that by feeling but for some having that visual aid is just something that helps now you have the mix in point And some djs will also add a second cue point at the point where the mix the transition needs to end so when that cue point hits that's when you really need to be all the way to the next record so those are mix in and out cue points now then on top of that just to talk about people who do prepared sets for a second because they're also going to set cue points A lot of times if people are doing prepared sets, they might have specific cue points because if you prepare your set, then maybe you're not always going to wait to do your transitions during the chorus. Maybe you do it at a totally different point because you're doing something with wordplay or whatever the case may be. You can set cue points at any point. If possible, if your software allows you to do that and some software does, other software doesn't, Make sure you name your cue points. So for instance, if I play with Serato, I can name my cue points. In the beginning, we only had a limited amount of cue points. Now, in most cases, you can set at least eight cue points. If you don't name your cue points, it's going to get really messy because if you don't have an excellent memory, you're not going to remember what every cue point on every track is. So, the first cue point, yeah, most likely that's gonna be the first beat. That's not gonna be so tricky. But if it's a mix in and out point, you wanna make sure you just name those in and out. Then you know what it is. If it's a break, you can name it break. If you wanna have a cue point at the buildup, set a cue point at the buildup. If you wanna have a cue point at the drop, set it at the drop and name it drop. So, break, build, drop, in, out. That will make it easier for you to remember what the cue points actually are. Next up, you can also add loops. This is something when I'm preparing music and I don't prepare my music enough due to time restrictions and I really need to do it more because I do notice every time I do take the time to actually go through the songs I selected and set all my cue points in advance, but also listen to see if there's anything I'd like to loop. I find a couple of things that I want to loop. I set those loops, I store them and then I end up using them during the set because I load the track and then I remember like, oh, wait a minute, I set a loop for this. If I didn't do that in advance, I don't use loop that much unless uh, I do it on the fly with auto loop. But when you listen to a song, you're going to find some cool sentences that will be dope to loop. Or there's like a short part where the beat is just a little bit different. Or everything drops out except for drums. You might want to have a loop on that. Because that could be a cool part for a transition. To start looping that and add something to it. So you basically do the same thing as with your cue points. You're going to listen and you're going to find parts that are interesting. And if there's an interesting part, you can set a loop. Now what you can also do is... If the song has a couple of bars of beat at the end of the song, you can always set a loop there, which is basically gonna be your emergency loop. And some hardware has this, that if a song comes to an end, you can hit a button and it will loop the end, just to make sure the song doesn't finish. And all my vinyl heads, you probably remember when you did your first gigs, sometimes you were so focused on trying to get your transition right, you were still cueing in the headphones and then all of a sudden the song was done. I've had it happen before. Now, if you have a loop at the end of your songs, even if you run into that situation that you're not ready for your transition yet, but the song is ending, you know you have that loop at the end and you can just activate it. So now you know you're not gonna run into that deadly silence. The loop will continue to play. Now you don't want that to last too long, of course, but it's gonna be better than that deadly silence. Now I already talked a little bit about making edits. And like I said, I don't really do it. I think making edits is something that is more in line with preparing your actual set. I think it makes more sense for that because then you know exactly what you want to do. And in some cases you might know like, hey, I want to do something here where the song is playing, but then after this line, I want to scratch for a couple of bars, so I need a piece of that song to be instrumental there. Then you can add just a couple of bars of beat with no vocal if you have an instrumental version for that song. So even though normally in that song, the song just goes back to the hook or continues with a verse, now you just add in a part of instrumental because you already know, like, I'm going to play a different acapella over that part. or I'm going to scratch over that part. There's a lot of things you can do with with editing software but I have to say like if you're just doing normal music prep for a freestyle set I don't think you're gonna do a lot of editing but the possibilities are there and like I said before if the song has a beginning that's just not traditional like a couple of bars of beat but it starts differently and you don't like that beginning you'd prefer to have some beats there then there are ways to do that with an edit. Another thing you could do with making edits, even if you're playing freestyle sets, is making a couple of mashups. So maybe we'll just do a different episode talking about mashups, even though I really don't do a lot of mashups. So let's talk about tagging. I am getting more into tagging and tagging is not as important when you're doing a prepared set because then you're already going to establish the order in which you play the song so you're never looking for songs if you're doing a prepared set your songs are gonna be in order in your folder but if you play freestyle then in that case you're not playing a particular order and you have a selection so you're gonna play songs from that selection of course maybe you're also gonna dip into some of your other folders and tagging your music can just really help you out so you want to do that when you select your songs because let's put it like this you want to tag all of the music in your collection but that's going to take a long time so one of the things you could do is anytime you make a selection for a set is you will take those tracks and then make sure you add all of the tags that you want to those tracks Little by little, you'll be adding tags to all your tracks. Now, why do you want to add tags? Tags are a great tool to help you to sort music in other ways than just name or BPM or key. In all DJ software, you have columns and you can say, like for instance, myself, most of the times, if I'm in a folder, I'll sort that by BPM, meaning that it starts with the lowest BPM. And when you go down the line, the BPM goes up and when I'm playing a certain song all the songs that are right above and below it are in a similar BPM range so I already know in advance all the songs that I can see right around the song that I'm playing will match BPM wise or if I sort according to key key wise both are valuable tools but there are other tags that can't really help you out when you're looking for the next song to play like i said when i select songs for a set i don't have just enough tracks most of the times i'll have double the amount of tracks i'll actually need so i'll still have a bunch of tracks that i can go through now with tagging you can start to now add extra valuable information that can help you to decide which song to play next so normally some of the tags you'll see are tags with information like genre which is a pretty basic one and some of you will most likely already sort your music in different folders for different genres some of you will have different folders for different years but genre is one of those things that you'll see as a tag but when it comes to tags you can add more types of information you could have a specific tag that tells you And this is personal because other DJs might add another value to a song, but it will tell you when you would play a song like this. So you could have a tag that says warm up. It could be a tag that tells you lounge. It could be a tag that says something like banger. You may have a selection for your set and that selection might have 80 tracks in there or maybe even 120 tracks. I don't know how many tracks you're selecting you might reach a certain type of vibe or energy that is like banger energy at that point if you can sort by the tag banger now you're seeing all the tracks that have a similar energy that's why it's important that you tag your own songs because what you call a banger is not what someone else might call a banger now just using banger as a tag is an example but in certain dj software you also have a rating system so For instance, it could be one to five stars. Now you could use that one to five stars as an energy indicator, meaning that five stars would be like the most energy. One star is low energy. It could also be a tag for popularity, like five stars. Those are the biggest hits. Like everyone knows those. One star is something that is not as familiar. So that's up to you. But the essence of this is the more information you add, the easier it becomes when you're in a certain vibe to find songs that will match. So you have the star, the rating system. Certain DJ software will also have a coloring system. So maybe the rating means how popular a song is or how well known it is. And maybe the color tells you the energy of a song because you have very popular songs that might be low in energy and others might be high. So those are different tags. This is personal. You have to figure out which which one works best for you. I'm still figuring it out for myself, but I do see how powerful it is once you start to add more information to your songs. And if you're using DJ software, and this goes a little bit beyond just preparing your music for a single set, this is really about overall music prep for your music collection. A lot of DJ software allows you to make smart playlists, smart crates or intelligent playlists they have different names they mean the same thing and when you make playlists like that or crates like that it is essentially a folder in your DJ software and you give a set amount of rules to that folder to that playlist to that crate whatever you call it so for instance I can make a new crate in Serato a smart crate I'm using Serato as an example, but this works with record box, with tractor, you name it. In that smart crate in Serato, I set a couple of rules. So, for instance, I'll make one smart crate and I'll say the genre is hip hop. I can set a BPM range. I want the BPM to be higher than 88 and lower than 103. If I do that. I now have a crate that has all of the music in my DJ software that has the tag hip-hop as genre and falls within that BPM range. Now that's still a broad selection, but I can add more rules. I can say I'm going to add a rule that says take all the songs that have a four-star or higher rating and take all songs that have this color code and take all songs that have hashtag banger. Once I add that information, now i get a more narrow selection of the songs that i have on my computer but they will fit the narrative that i'm looking for so tagging is very powerful there's a lot of ways to implement it so in your selected fall uh selected folder that you have the tagging will not allow you to set the rules but you can still sort by it but you can also take those songs give them all those tags and then make a smart playlist, smart crate, set those rules. And then the songs that fit those rules will show up. So you can make a couple of those smart crates with different rules. And then you know exactly what type of songs you're gonna find. This is something I will be doing with my software as well, but it's gonna take a lot of time for me to do that with all of my music. So I need to start doing it anytime I make a song selection for a set and slowly work through all of my music. So that's why I really wanted to add this in here. So let's run down the list real quick one more time. We have our folder of selected songs. We selected the songs in the last episode. Now that we have our songs, we want to prepare those music files for our set because it's going to make our live during the set a little bit easier. So we're going to listen to all the songs that we selected so that you know the structure of the song, you recognize that there's any surprises in there that you need to be aware of. It might also show you, indicate to you like, hey, there's something that I might want to edit. Or maybe you already hear like, hey, this could be cool to loop. You're also gonna see if your grids are lined up because you analyzed all of your music. You're gonna see if the grids line up. If not, you can set a little tag or put something in the title that tells you like, hey, call it whatever, live or no grid. But then you know that you do not want to do something like auto loop with those songs. Like I said, you analyze all of your music so you have the proper information like BPM and key and you see the grids. Then you can go through your songs and set your cue points. Set your cue points for intros, for your mix in and out points, whatever you want to use cue points for. Easy access to several parts within the song. You name those cue points so that you always remember what the cue point is for, especially when you start to make more cue points. You can do the same thing with loops, set one or a couple of loops, depending on how the software works. Most times you can set more loops. If there's something that you want to edit, you can edit. Now, if you don't have any music editing software, Audacity is free, so you can just download that, use that, but there's plenty of different audio editing software out there. Tag your music, add some extra information to your music because that will make it easier for you when you're playing freestyle to see which songs are gonna work well at the moment. At least work with something like a rating system for the energy of the song and maybe something that tells you if the song is like a very popular song, like one of the hits or just an unknown song, color code, add information about warm up or vibe or whatever it is, whatever works for you. This is something you will have to experiment with, but at the end of the day, tagging your music is going to be an improvement for your overall music collection. I have talked a little bit about the difference between freestyle and prepared when you're selecting songs. There's not much of a difference there with preparing your music. It's the same thing. You're doing music prep when you're preparing or when you're playing freestyle. But in the next episode, I do want to delve a little bit deeper into actually preparing a set. So next week, we're going to talk about planning a set. Something I've not done in quite some time, but I have prepared certain sets. So I do want to just discuss that. Uh, look at the options, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you need to be aware of. All right, so that's it for episode 88 of the share the knowledge podcast for DJs, the new format where I just take one topic, talk about one topic during the episode. This is going to make it a lot easier for you to find information when you go through my podcast. So episode 87 last week, selecting songs for a set this week, episode 88, preparing your music for a set next week. We're going to talk about planning a prepared set. If you want to ask me any questions relating to today's episode, you can reach out through email, share the knowledge at djtlm.com, or if you want to keep it short, stk at djtlm.com. They both work. You can also check me out on social. DM on IG is going to work. Uh, I do not really respond to places like Facebook because it's just too much. So the best thing for you to do is use email, email, or check me on IG. Make sure you follow me on all social platforms. If you want to support the platform, check out patreon.com slash djtlm on whatever podcast platform you're listening. If there's a rating system, please give me a rating. That will help the show as well. And I hope to see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. I'm DJ TLM. Share the knowledge. Peace out.